hello everybody out there in the music video and welcome to another edition of the Music Video Land podcast brought to you by your super good friends at IMVDB, the internet music video database. We list nothing but music videos and credits and information and stuff like that. I'm Adam. I type things into the IMVDB. And with me as usual is uh, another IMVDBer, Doug Klinger out of uh, Pompano Beach, Florida. How are you, Doug? Doing super good, Adam. Got my haircut this weekend. Oh boy, did you get a chin, chin strap beard? Chin strap beard. Just on one side. Okay, that's so good. that's cool. a new way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, riffraff style. And uh, and then we also have joining us um, someone who is uh, ro- uh, rocking the full riffraff outfit from the the clothing to the jewelry to the to the chin strap beard. Adam Alexander, how are you doing, Adam? I'm uh, fantastic. Oh boy. And joining us uh, this week on the podcast, we have a guest who has. Uh, this is the first time this has happened in a while, who has actually been on a previous episode of the Music Video Land podcast. We have Mr. D- uh, director Isaac Ravishankara. How are you doing, Isaac? I'm good. I like Mr. Director. That's pretty nice. That's good. Yeah, that's uh, me fumbling my words, but it just came out right. So we're just going to go with that. Um, and you were, on epi- you were on an episode of February 1st, 2012. That's more than two years ago. That's a long time ago. That's scary. Yeah, it's, it's scary for us, too. A lot's, a lot's changed on this podcast since then. Um, we now have a third host, and that's, that's it. Me. That's it. Yeah. Adam Alexander's the main difference. I, this was pre-IMVDB, wasn't it? I think you, came, I think you were on the Filmed Insert podcast, the podcast <laughs> yeah, that you were on. That's, that's a big deal. Very few people even know what that is. Um, and so, uh, right, yes, it, we, were, we were not Filmed Insert. You, you should not have agreed to that interview. I, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was blackmail, and yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes because that that actually was a really good episode. We, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about three hundred three, and we talked about uh, OMG cameras everywhere, which is what we're going to talk about this week. Funny story about that version. I was on the phone with you guys. I wasn't forced. Uh, I did it willingly, but I pace while I'm on the phone, and I looked up after the episode, and I realized that I was lost. I had wandered like literally a mile and a half away from where I had picked up the phone, and so, my phone died, and I had to like find my way back to where my car was. So the, our, so the Filmed Insert podcast could have could have led to your abduction or, or, or something. Who knows where you could have wandered off in, uh, in L.A. So we're glad you were able to find yourself and 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 your way home. The Film Dancer podcast had a lot of uh, a lot of wandering people in like outside of the elements. I think we had a, an interview with Hero Mariah where there was like traffic in the background. We had another one where like Do you remember the one with Michael Q Schmidt where he's like at a college campus talking to people or trying to ask him questions? That was That was a, also good. Yeah. That was a proud a proud moment on this podcast. That's super fun. Um but yeah, so we are it's it's funny cuz last time we had you on the podcast Isaac, we talked about OMG cameras everywhere and we're talking about that this time as well because you guys have greatly expand I mean since we that last talked to you there's been many uh, instances of OMG both in LA and New York. Doug has been to a few of them, but um, what are the upcoming ones? Are you guys doing bi-coastal for this upcoming event this summer? Yeah, we're we're, we're going to have have three coasts. Um, we're we're having first the New York. It'll be our second year out in New York with OMG. We're doing a week long workshop. This one's going to be in Brooklyn, um, where a lot of us kind of live and reside. Uh, I say us, being a former Brooklynite. So so the first one is going to be in Brooklyn, July 7th through 11th. And then we're having OMG Cameras Everywhere Los Angeles, which will be our fourth year in a row in L.A. uh, at the end of the month, July 28th through August 1st. And then we're going to be doing a workshop in London in uh, August. uh, But the dates are still waffling between one of two weeks. But we'll, we'll have that locked down within the next week or so, I believe. And this is the second year in London. Right. This is our second year in London. Yeah, last summer we did we did L.A., New York, and London, and they all went so well. We decided to come back for more. And so, and for for listeners who don't exactly know what OMG Cameras Everywhere is, why don't you tell them a little bit about it? Sure. Um, so OMG Cameras Everywhere is a nonprofit that a bunch of us started. Not actually as a nonprofit. Uh, we had this idea. Uh, four years ago now that that we wanted to start a summer camp just one time only uh, where we would get together and make music videos with kids. Uh, so this was myself. Initially, it was myself and Matt Amato and the Daniels. And Matt Amato basically roped in all of the masses back then 
um, the masses, like the company, not just in general, everyone. Uh, and and we kind of like more and more people decided to join in and help out, and all of a sudden we were we were doing this summer camp, um, and it went better than we ever could have really imagined. And so after that first year, we kind of got together and decided we wanted to keep going. Um, that first one was actually a Kickstarter project, and then subsequently we ended up starting it as a nonprofit. Um, so. Yeah, like I said, this is going to be our fourth year. We've also done some after-school programs and weekend workshops. But basically, like, the mantra is, is you get a bunch of filmmakers together with a bunch of kids and actually collaborate on music videos and short films and things like that. So our, our counselors aren't so much teaching classes as much as making these, like, very creative, spontaneous projects with kids. Um, and, it, and it's free for the kids, right? It's free for the kids, yeah. It's free for everyone involved. And we're, we're really kind of hell-bent on keeping that going. So, um Luckily enough, because we're all volunteering, like the costs end up being pretty low, and everyone's been really amazing about helping out and donating and things. Um, everywhere from production companies to record labels to prop houses to bands giving us their time and coming in, like everyone's really been amazing throughout the whole process. The one band that has given, or one I guess act that's given you, their t- not just their time but uh, their song is. Jack Johnson, one of the videos you guys did. I think we have it listed on the site, all the videos that OMG has done and released. And this one, I think, is the most popular, the Radiate by Jack Johnson video. And I think that one was actually the is listed as like the official video for that song, right? Sure, yeah. That was last summer. I think we finally got to a point with with how organized and, and or crazy we were feeling about the, the program we decided to take on a big final project for the week that everyone would work on together that would be released as the official video for the artist. Um, and so in general, what ends up happening is a band or an artist will come in and they'll work with the kids over the course of the day and make a music video over the course of a day um, with part of the camp, with like a group of a few kids and a few counselors. And uh, the experiment with the Jack Johnson project was that we, we started on that at the beginning of the week. So the kids were actually pitching their ideas for it uh, towards the beginning of the week, and it culminated as being the final project for everyone in the camp. Um, and that went so well, it's something that we're, we're looking into continuing this summer in each one of our camps. So we're ideally going to be having a final project um, that gets put out as, as a bigger project video, official release by a band um, for each LA, New York, and London. Nice. That's super exciting. And do you have, are you kind of in talks with who that's going to be and, and stuff right now? Are you still kind of working that stuff out? Still working it out. Uh, we have we have some leads that we're working on, but my lips are kind of sealed. Um, I'd say if anyone's listening to this and they're interested in in that, we haven't actually like locked it up yet. So you could bump some other people out of the spot um, and just get a hold of me, and we'll figure it out. So Sai, 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 Snoop Dogg, a kid's version of Hangover. And, and same with directors, right? Is that uh, are you guys looking for additional volunteers at at all of the camps this year? Sure, always, yeah. Um, I tend to tell people, we, we call our, our older, taller people somewhere between counselors and directors, um, but it basically is like all of us taking camp together, and we never can have enough volunteers. We, we really pride ourselves, and a big part of what makes the OMG culture so special is we have this absurd ratio of counselors to kids. Um, like some days you'll actually walk in and you'll see more counselors than kids, although usually it tends to be two to one, the kids outnumber the counselors. But that means we're always looking for more directors to come in and be part of the family um, and work with all of us and have fun with us. Um, so, so whether it's for the whole camp or for just a day, we're pretty flexible because we know everyone's schedules are pretty crazy. And, and yeah, I would just encourage anyone who's interested to, to reach out and email or, or get in touch with us through the website and, and I'll track you down or someone else from our organization will. So, yeah, I, I remember just, just to go to the, um, the, um, the more counselors and kids, particularly that the Jack Johnson shoot day, I remember there being just like, I think there was probably two or three to one counselors to kids that day. And it's not just um, directors, right? Anyone who kind of is involved in the production side of things has come out and lent a hand. Yeah, exactly. We have like production designers and editors and producer types. And honestly, like I think it more than anything, it's, if you're really interested in helping out, we'll find a way to bring you into the fold. I think we're we're under no pretense are we saying that we're professional 
director, counselor, camp runners. I think it's all just a big project that we're working together and the learning comes out of the collaboration on it. So you don't have to have editing experience or camera experience necessarily. It's most important that you just want to kind of jump in and get your hands dirty. And then in addition to actually running the summer camp where you guys are doing the production side of things, then you guys have a like a kind of overnight, overday editing session and, and, and do a screening of, of all of the things the kids made as well, right? You want to talk a little bit about that? So basically, um, yeah, at the end of the camp, we have a, a big screening. Um, we really try to have it be as spontaneous as possible. And so on a day-to-day -day basis, someone or some of us are always staying up, kind of getting together rough edits of the projects that we shot on one day so that the next day we can watch them and learn from them. Because um, one of the worst things, I think, for us from a professional standpoint as well as from a camp standpoint is the the very slow turnaround that is often involved in filmmaking and as far as from a learning perspective the faster that turnaround can be the better so um, we stay up all night we edit we watch stuff the next day and then we basically have a final screening that is that weekend at the end of the camp the first few times we did it it was the saturday right after we finished on friday which was a little crazy um so we've moved it in general to the sunday so it gives us about generally about 36 hours from when we close doors on the camp to put together about an hour-long screening of finished material, which basically means we lock ourselves in an office, all 10 or 20 of us, and stay up all night and edit. Um, and we've had some really generous uh, help on the editing side, but especially on the screening side as far as venues hosting the screenings. Um, we screened at the Museum of the Moving Image in New York last summer and at the Downtown Independent in Los Angeles. And uh, we're, we're trying to figure out where those screenings are going to be again this year. But um, people have been really generous about hosting our, our little shindig on Sundays. So, so my, um, my wife is an K-12 art teacher. So I hear a lot of stories about like the interesting ways that kids are creative sometimes it's in really unexpected ways. And for something like, you know, when you guys are put on, on the production side, I know the back ends are the post-production side as all the, the, bigger, the bigger people. Um, I mean, what is it like working with kids who kind of, you give them this really open space to be creative in? I mean, what about that has, has kind of surprised you? Mostly just that. I think the whole project in general started from us, those of us who kind of got into it, just wanting another creative outlet and one that wasn't so tied to the confines of having to, to pitch on music videos, which in general are super, as we all know, they're, they're amazing and they can be amazingly freeform and creative, but at the end of the day, it's still tied to making a, a commercial product for a band. Um, and also on our end, it's very tied to, well, what can you make, especially for what budget you have? And so a lot of what we were really interested in in collaborating with kids on coming up with their ideas is, is working with creatives, being the kids who are not thinking about those things, who aren't thinking, well, I can't get on an airplane for this shot, or we can't have something exploding the moon because that's going to cost this much in VFX. They were just coming up with ideas. And then once the idea is set, then you figure out a way to make it happen. And so that's that kind of like DIY, figure it out, collaborative mantra is kind of something that's run through the DNA of OMG since the get-go. Um, we, really, we really kind of empower the kids to be directors in a collaborative sense and, and creatives and, and then just worry about actually creating those things on the back end after the fact, which which challenges all of us, the kids as well as the counselors. And the, one interesting thing that I remember Doug telling me about the Jack Johnson Radiate video is that, and you see it in the video, is that um, you there, no ideas were like rejected uh, from kids, and I think I remember Doug mentioning that something you actually had to run through the label that they were gonna have gonna have a lot of control over it because of the way the camp kind of works. Yeah, exactly. I think I, obviously there's at some point like a decency thing, but uh, <laughs> where we would have to we would have to maybe moderate the ideas a little bit. But yeah, the one thing that was amazing about the Jack Johnson project is it it was a camp of. 30-something kids coming together, all pitching their separate ideas and us figuring out a way to incorporate every one of their ideas into the video, uh, which is a big result. Like, when you see the video, you really see that showing. Um, but basically, all of the videos end up kind of coming up that same way. Like, it, it's usually coming from smaller groups, but we really try to find a way to incorporate every kid's ideas in one way or another. Um, and and when that happens, you really end up getting these like really amazing results and and things that you would never, you would never really 
think of before. I think like the big breakthrough for us that we were really doing something special was this one particular video the first year that we did it um, for this band Brian John Appleby and a group of the kids and the counselors got together and came up with this this story about this whale who is very lonely and so it keeps eating people because it just wants them to be with him um, as opposed to for any other reasons. It was mostly just about wanting friends and then the story was told through people and other things being in the belly of the whale and outside and showing this whale and this is all being done and created and, and finished within a day and, and seeing that finished video and how just amazingly beautiful and melancholy it was I think was this very eye-opening experience for us of of what can happen when you really trust kids and execute their ideas. And that was the honey jars video, I believe. Yeah, exactly. 2011. Yeah, that is a great, it's, it's, and even if you just check out the screenshot, like this paper whale, it looks ridiculously sad. It is a really sad video or or a really kind of like touching video for something that came together in, you know, like you said, one day. I think all of us kind of saw that video at the screening in the theater with like a hundred other people and, and it was this very moving experience. And I think if any of us had questions that we were going to keep doing this, that, that answered him. Um, and, and uh, you know, you guys t- tend to do, like, a lot of different um, effects with the kids every summer camp. I know you guys do, like, a, a stop motion kind of portion of it and, and that kind of thing as well. I, I'm curious, is there one kind of effect that you, you find, like, the kids get really wowed by? Because I, I know, like, it at the New York camp last year, um, getting them into the stop motion was pretty difficult to get them to like to kind of focus on what was necessary for that. Do you find like one one effect or one kind of tool that you show the kids really kind of wows them? Kind it's of so time? funny. It, yeah, no, it totally changes like depending on the kids in the group. I know in New York last summer it was like this very interesting thing where people were really kind of checked out from the stop motion, but that's not always the case. Sometimes that really becomes enthralling to, to some of the kids or all of the kids. I know like the stop motion stuff that we did in London last summer was kind of some of the most mind-blowing things I've ever seen. Um, it's really interesting, though. I think, like, we're all of a generation where where being able to come up with, with basically anything, at least at least a representation of anything using compositing and green screen is, like, something that we're still pretty amazed by, I think, as creatives. Um, but I find that a lot of the times when, when green screen stuff gets introduced to the kids... They have. They tend to be like, "Oh yeah, of course." Like, like I think kids these days are really just kind of like raised expecting that. Um, and when 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 they see music videos, I think they see the possibilities of what's possible in a way that we weren't raised with. And and so I think a lot of of what my peers, especially, have been doing in music videos over the last you know five or ten years on any sort of budget, but just with the amount of freedom of creativity, is really translated down to a new generation of people who come to expect that almost and feel like that's like really anything is possible. And it's not just like, it's not just half-assed either. I mean, there are like the, the, the green screen effects. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of two videos in particular. One, we had Zach Stoltz on last week and the, and the, uh, was Somerset or ready set. Somerset. Somerset. Yeah, Somerset. The Somerset video that he edited uh, two years ago, and then the the one that Hero edited last year at the New York camp with the pizza rocket chips. I mean, those <laughs> things are those things are insane. Like the the amount of layers and effects that that are in those music videos are are really insane. And yeah, that um, you're right. It, the kids are like, yeah, that's that's what I thought. But it's not, I I think one of the things that's really important is that we've kind of realized is is that our place in this whole thing is to really kind of be a spark and and a factory for encouraging like creativity and collaboration. Um, We're never going to teach a a group of kids who have no experience with with post-production how to edit and do effects within a week. But by putting everything that we can into realizing their ideas that they've like collaborated on together, I think that we can really kind of like forge that spark for them to keep going with it and honestly like at the end of the day I think that that's a unique environment that most of us professionals don't even really get to have access to whereas like really honestly any kid with a computer can figure out a way to edit or figure out a way to do after effects or a big thing that we kind of try to tell everyone is you don't need to have a fancy computer to be able to edit and a fancy computer to be able to do after effects or special effects because if you don't have those, then that that influences creatively what you're doing. You can do something with one shot and just do it on your phone. And and a lot of it is coming up with the resources that you have available and just making the most creative idea you can from them. Um, 
So, so I think kids will come up with an idea of a flying pizza thing that uses green screen when that's the tools that are in front of them. But if we say they don't have those and they want to make a flying pizza spaceship, they're going to figure out another way to make it one way or the other. As opposed to a camp where like a week later, the kids are all like avid, you know, out of avid certified and like media composer <laughs> and nitrous. It's like, sure. I mean, I, I haven't seen a camp like that, but I imagine if <laughs> The ideas that would come out of a week like that are going to be much more limited because a lot of it is saying you can't do that or you can't do that in a week. But we always try to do that like, oh, yes, and, and then just go further with it, um, which I think is what ends up making the program really special. And and also the uh, the fact that um, like there, the, the term camera is everywhere. I mean, there literally is an opportunity for every kid to be completely hands-on with every project that they want to. And I think that's that's really important, too, from my perspective. I don't know if there's a question in that, but that's just one thing that I've kind of noticed from from being at a couple of these now is that, you know, if a kid wants to shoot something, there's there's a camera on hand for them to use it. Yeah, exactly. And we really trust the kids, too. I think we've, we, I mean, I don't think it's luck that we've never really had a major accident with any of the gear. I think part of it is just instilling a trust in them from the beginning and a culture where we know that, that whether it's a phone or a little toy camera or a Canon 5D or a 7D or something like that, um, we really trust them to be responsible with the gear, too. But we want to make sure that they know that, like, yeah, there are cameras everywhere not just in this camp, but if in the world, if you really want to get a hold of a camera, you can find one. So just go start creating. And I guess that's a different. That's another thing that's different about, I guess, the generation of these kids, rather than us, where you know, you they can walk out into any environment, and there are, you know, literally cameras everywhere. Everybody's phone has a camera, and sort of teaching them to be, you know, that those cameras can do things other than record like world star hip hop fights. Um, and you can be creative with that, I think, is something that's really important. I mean, do kids kind of, do they sort of immediately get that they can be creative with a camera or, you know, they must be have some experience with it? I mean, are, is there any instances where you kind of have to kind of teach them about, you know, what creativity is in a way? Yeah, I think a lot of it is is that is like not directly sitting down and having a lecture about this is what creativity is, but we really do treat it as a given that like if you want to have a camera and make something, you can figure out a way to do it. I was reading some stat recently about just the prevalence of cell phones versus even running water around the world, and there are more more people have access to a cell phone than to to running water these days. So it's like it really is kind of absolutely crazy the the pace at which technology is spreading. And the, the pace at which people are interacting visually through that. Um, like, for instance, the other day I had to, I had to film just a, an audition for something, um, but I wanted it to be in slow motion. And I started asking around to see if I could borrow a camera that would shoot super slow motion because the final piece was going to be in slow motion. And um, one of my DP friends kindly pointed out that, that my iPhone can do five times slow motion <laughs> these days. So, so it's not worth trying to see if someone has some crazy kind of like epic or, or some sort of slow motion camera for an audition. And I can just pull the phone out of my pocket. Um, and that really kind of exploded my brain. I know. Yeah, it's the 5S I think it can do that, right? I've got the – mine can't do it, which is um, bums me out sometimes, but – well, you have an feature. iPhone. You have an iPhone too, so I do have an iPhone too. Yes, it's uh... I, I, Adam. You need to know that I laughed really hard at that World Star Hip Hop thing. I was on mute over here, <laughs> okay. and, and no. just just so you know, there was laughter associated with that joke. It just was I'm gonna put it mute. in afterwards. Not that I don't like World. Not that I don't like my World Star Hip Hop fans, <laughs> but it's just it seemed you know like uh, growing up, you know, like a, a camera was something you know I'm like 30 ish years old or whatever. A camera was something you had to like go out and get. And, you know, it was giant and, and bulky. So it was kind of like, you know, you, you had to spend the energy to get a camera. If everybody has, you know, a, a phone with them. Um, I think there's a, there's kind of a, a tendency to just use it as something that just kind of just blandly captures something. And there's no kind of creative element to it. Is World Star Hip Hop still has like a nice like 4-3 player and they tend to like squish everything into it, right? Like for some reason <laughs> they still haven't really picked up on the fact that like nothing shoots 4-3 anymore. Uh, um, I think there's a lot of things World Star so Hip Hop hasn't weird, pulled up, picked yeah, up on, yeah. Right. Why Why do they need to? Uh, they don't need to. I don't think that would, that would like all of a sudden they're just like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to visit World Star a lot more now because of that. Well, I just feel like, yeah, at some point everyone just looks a little skinny when they're squishing all the videos down like that. 
It's uh, um, it's... also that the intro or outro or whatever that they tag on stuff is like forever going to be seared in my head. Uh, like, <laughs> and there's like, the sample, like it's not a game or something like that, right? And and they're and they're and the Chiron that sticks at the bottom of all the screen with like the smoking bullet holes is all awesome. Oh, super, yeah. Super classy. Um, but it, it like ties in perfectly with the videos of like girls throwing shovels at each other's heads and stuff that I like to watch on that website. So, and the, and the Rick Ross videos that premiere there. Exactly. That's why they do the, the squishy thing is so Rick Ross looks a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's see the, everything's kind of starting to make sense now with world star hip hop. This conversation has been really enlightening. Are you, have you gone public with the dates? Can you tell us some dates or ha- had you already? I can't remember. Yeah, now. I said it once. I'll say it a million times. Um, so New York is going to be July 7th through 11th with a screening on July 13th. Um, and uh, Los Angeles is going to be July 28th through August 1st with a screening on August 3rd. Uh, London is still TBD, but we will announce it soon. And the website uh, is www.omgeverywhere.org. That is, is a, has all of the information as well as signing up or volunteering or getting a hold of us and all of the videos. And, and that would be the place to check back for more information also. And if you are not part of the camp and you want to go, can you go to the screening if you're not part of the camp? Do you guys sell tickets? Yeah, no, we, we don't sell tickets. If, we, if we're having a free camp, we would be remiss to be selling tickets to the screening. Screenings are always going to be free for everyone, too. Um, and, and, yeah, so we'll do a big kind of announcement about the screenings. But, again, it's going to be the Sunday following the camp every time. Um, and the screenings are always going to be free. Uh, we want to make sure we have enough room for the kids and their family. But after that, it just fills up with people from the public. Uh, and, and if you're not in New York or L.A. or you're not, you're not a child or have no um, – film experience or you just don't like to leave your apartment but you think omg everywhere is a great idea um uh, they can donate through the site as well correct that is definitely true yeah you can donate through the site and we are a 501c3 so we can get back to you if you're so interested in getting a receipt for that donation and applying that towards your taxes tax deductible so it's even better Especially in a non-key election year, I think if you're really going to try to vote with your money, I would vote OMG. <laughs> nice. Sweet. That's that's well said. Um, and, and if you want to go to uh, one of the OMG uh, uh, camps that has Douglas Klinger, Doug, are you going to be at one this year? Yeah, definitely going to be at New York for sure. Um, um, and yeah, trying to make it, make it work to go to L.A. also. I think London's... Um, um, they're all out of the budget, but w- London is definitely out of the budget. But the other two, uh, I'm going to definitely try to go to. Um, but New York for sure. NY, go, going back. NY14, going back. Nice. Um, so super excited <clears throat> for that. And uh, Doug likes um, his credits. Doug likes his credits uh, on, on the site for the OMG videos. That's that's what his, his profile is made up of because he makes a lot of appearances. So you know, he's got to build that Show up. that. Related profiles I, is Jack Johnson on my page on IMVDB. Sure, and we should just say that at several of the past workshops, Doug has actually shot all of the behind the scenes and run the, his small little editing crew of several people that we throw at editing together behind the scenes for it. And, and we've been incredibly amazed with the results from that. Um, I think he gives a really great outside perspective of what's going on because none of the rest of us really can. All our heads are falling off, so... Um, we're we're infinitely thankful for for Doug and for IMVDB for helping out. So if you and if you want to see, we'll have all these links in the show notes. Just go to imvdb.com/podcast. This is number one eleven, and uh, it'll be right there. And we'll have all the links, um, including the, the the behind the scenes video that uh, Doug and his merry band of editors put together. <laughs> A few years ago, which is which is really good. I was I was super impressed when I when I saw it. It's a really kind of uh, awesome behind the scenes look at the kids kind of making everything, which is which is really fantastic. And um, we also have uh, links to all the videos that we're about to talk about as well. All of the all the videos of the week. Um, so we have a pretty interesting slate of music videos this week um that we wanted to kind of talk about because that's what we do on the podcast we talk a little bit and then every week a slew of music videos comes out i'm not sure what the number is but it feels like it's increasing it's over it's oh it's in the hundreds i think right doug of music videos every every week oh every yeah week, yeah yeah um and there's so you know we try to grab the ones that are the best or kind of the noteworthy most noteworthiest to talk about 
And um, this week on Sunday, I believe, we Very had... late Sunday, like 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, are we talking about the Psy video? Oh, I was. Oh, yeah, I, I <laughs> okay. Um, we had uh, Psy release another music video, and that is uh, very noteworthy because Psy currently has the number one and I think the number five spot. Um, let me see. Yeah, number five spot of top, not just top music videos of all time, but top videos by views on the internet, period. Gundam Style hit two billion a week, I think about a week and a half ago. Gentleman is around 700 million, which is incredible. Um, so basically, you know, anything that he releases, especially music video-wise, is going to be big news. And this time it was a song called Hangover that was partially in English for the first time and included rapper Snoop Dogg. Um, so I think it premiered on TV, and then they um, and then they put it online immediately after. And I think it's sitting around 46 million views for a few days, which is not bad. Um, but this yeah, was, not not too bad. Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, I remember Gundam Style obviously didn't you know shoot out of a can. It, it was a slow build. Um, obviously, anything that comes out after something that that has two billion views and then seven hundred million views is gonna is has unrealistic standards. But I think this video is it's. Not bad. I think it has has a, a shot. Maybe not the top ten, but a shot of being you know pretty successful. It's it's definitely a triple digit digit. Obviously, it's halfway there already. So it's definitely going to be in the triple digit millions. Um, um, but yeah, I, I have a feeling. You know, every Psy video that comes out um, after Gangnam Style is going to be slightly less popular than the one before. You know, like you said, it's it's extremely um, unrealistic expectations that that he's kind of set for himself now. Um, I also I, I just have to throw in there, like Snoop Dogg. I I thought he kind of retired from rapping and and went went over to to more of like the the Rasta kind of thing um, and doing the reggae thing. But like he he has like two verses and and a good amount of the bridge on this thing. Like he really kind of carries the song. And and the video, he's not just there for like a little bit. He's in the whole thing. Yeah, this is really it's kind a of like a, a like a Psy and Snoop Dogg. This was it wasn't even like a feature. This was like a, definitely like a collaboration all the way through. And Snoop and, Dogg seems like a rapper with some pretty worldwide appeal. Yeah, more and more these days, I think. Uh, I was pointing out to a friend of mine when I watched the video, like, it really feels like Snoop Dogg is kind of entering his Robert De Niro phase, where he's kind of like, all right, it was real credible and serious for a while, now I'm just going to have some fun with it. I'm towards, like, the back end of this thing. I'll do whatever, um, whatever, whatever. He whatever feels silly in this video. Yeah, he definitely does. There, there was, yeah, there was a time in Snoop Dogg's life where he would not consider doing half of the things <laughs> that he does in this video. Uh, but it works. I think it's. I think it's a lot of fun. I, I think that the two of them uh, have some chemistry. I think they seem like they have. A, they're having a lot of fun in this video, and it's. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't think it's going to have the effect that any of his other videos have. I mean, people call Gentleman a flop, and that has seven hundred million views on YouTube. Um, it it ha- it was watched more last year than than Wrecking Ball, and certainly Wrecking Ball is no flop. So. Um, you know, it's it's just weird, uh, weird the level he set for himself. But yeah, I I think this video is a lot of fun, super fun. So we should just I think it's interesting to note. So the video is called Hangover, and you can kind of guess the premise. I mean, Snoop Dogg and uh, Sai have have a hangover, and they kind of go through this whole, <laughs> um, this the you know various scenes and stuff. But I think it's worth noting that South Korea is a country that is kind of noted for its drinking culture. Um, a lot more than than you know any other culture. It's like really deeply kind of ingrained in the culture, and within the last few decades, people have said it, it may have it may even be causing you know a, a lot of a big problem. They have a um, liquor that you can see Snoop Dogg and Sai enjoying in this video called Soju, which is you know obviously not popular over here. They're, you know it's the tequilas and whiskeys and vodkas and things like that. But if you're that's like their national beverage, their national alcoholic beverage. And it's, I think it has about the alcohol content of, of like a, a whiskey or something like that. It's, and if you're looking at the table where they have the little green bottles, that's soju. That's mainly what they're drinking in this video. But I just thought it was an interesting, because obviously this is going to be widely played in um, South Korea. And since Sai is known for kind of, you know, have commenting on South Korean society that they would show, choose this topic to, for, their, for their video. It's a little bit deeper than maybe what we're what it seems like on the surface. 
I guess so. Yeah, I mean, when I think when everybody in the U.S. thinks Hangover, they obviously think the the Bradley Cooper and Zach Galifianakis video are film. Um, but uh, but yeah, maybe this is more of a kind of a uh, like in the way Gunyam style was a parody or like a or a satirical take on South Korean culture. Yeah, I wonder yeah. how I wonder how many of those forty seven million picked up on that. Probably forty seven. <laughs> of them, of them. Uh, that's interesting there's also, though uh, there's also a, a little cameo in here from another K-pop artist uh, G-Dragon which he's more like the feature at least uh, as far as I'm concerned he's just in there a little bit I don't know that he sings or anything I he's think quite, he's, he's like quite big yeah he's like like falsely singing over size verse or something yeah, yeah that's that's what it looked like to me as well and, and G Dragon is also tremendously popular. Right. Um, yeah, like, which which I think some some of the popularity of the um, people in Ganyan style uh, they're not recognizable necessarily to us. Um, but like, do you guys remember that music video that came out a couple weeks ago that was like a classical song with uh, Asian women twerking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that all so all of those girls are like in that in Ganyan style, obviously. Um, you know, there are other uh, K-pop stars in that video as well. And I think that the them being in that video also kind of contributed to the success of that video. G-Dragon's music videos are also tremendously popular, you know, in the in the double-digit millions and stuff as well. So, um, you know, I, I think that we're not picking up necessarily so much on the popularity of some of the other people kind of just showing up in the background in some of these videos. But I do think right. that 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 does contribute to the popularity of some of these videos. I, I wish they would contribute more. I'd love to see K-pop blow up even a little more. Like, like for example, Gangnam Style had, uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but Hyunye was in that video. And uh, I kind of thought that it would maybe blow her up here a little bit more than it did. But unfortunately, she's still kind of under the radar. How'd you say it, Hyunye? Yeah. I say Huna, but, that, but I'm definitely sure. wrong. I like Huna better. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. That's fine. I but don't. It, so the question is: Do we think Gentleman gets into the top three ever? I think it does. It needs a, like another fifty million. I think. I think it shot up two or three spots just from the from the blowback of uh, blowback might not be the right word, but from the release of Hangover, uh, I think Psy, By the time it's all said and done, will have at least the first and third uh, most popular music video of all time, which. Uh, most popular internet video of all time, which, um, you know, I don't know what that means, but it, I recognize it. <laughs> it means a lot of people are going to buy that Psy Energy drink, we hope. <laughs> Is there one? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. the, and there's a little graphic of him from the Gangnam Style music video oh, printed nice. all over the can. Which they use on YouTube, like, when it ran it across 2 billion views, that little dancing uh, cartoon was was next to the next to the view count, which is yep. super cute. Wait, Isaac, have you tried this drink? Oh no no no! <laughs> where can you? Where can I wonder if I can if I can go out and buy it? If I will, I'll do it for I'll do it for the good of the whole site. Well, that's the type of thing that needs to sit in the fa- fabricated fake IMVDB office. That's the type of thing that would be in there. <laughs> would be the Guardian, would, would be the Psy Energy drink. But the thing is, yeah. It, it, if there isn't a lot of products coming uh, or in the works right now, there has to be, and there probably is already, because, I mean, in terms of eyeballs, Sai has a lot of them, and um, you know, like you said, Doug, he's gonna have the first and third probably within the next few months, of videos of all time. I mean, that's pretty incredible. So, well, there's, there's, I, I, I he's one of those guys that I can't really figure out the appeal of. Um, I, I have no clue how gentlemen netted 700 million views i really really don't I, I don't even remember anything from that video at all i think this video is definitely a better one there's a lot of, there's, this one is better yeah, yeah. gentlemen was a lot of farting and faces <laughs> it's a lot of think, farting and faces. i think there's some kid appeal there like kids love farting you can't go with that so I, I, that's a thing it's a thing. kids love farting that could be the podcast title um so other else why elsewhere in the news is of course the world cup which starts today oh I yeah think, uh, i just saw some tweets of uh the stadium i think, can't remember the name of the stadium it's the one in sao paulo i think and there's like just like big blocks where the seats aren't installed yet 
So if you were like, um, if you were like, if you're somebody who loves the schnuff, what do you call it, schnuffenfraud or whatever, if you're hoping for that for the uh, Winter Olympics in um, Russia, that you may get it now for the World Cup in uh, in Brazil because apparently they're super unprepared. There's one uh, stadium that they're they're painting the grass green because the st- the turf sucks so much, so they've got people out there with spray cans, um, making sure it looks green. But anyway, there was. Um, that one of, uh, one of like stadium, the stadium in the oh sorry I no no wanna, go ahead go I ahead. was gonna ruin your drop there I was just gonna say the stadium in the Kelly Rowland video looks pretty good well, yes <laughs> yeah this, so this is the Kelly Rowland uh, the game thing or the game song part of this whole pep, Pepsi so it's a Pepsi the beautiful game beats um, all these songs about soccer as we've mentioned before in the podcast. Uh, the FIFA's World Cup is really good at marketing themselves with music videos. They had the Shakira Waka Waka this time for Africa, one for the 2010 World Cup in, uh, in South Africa. And then they had the Pitbull, Jennifer Lopez, and the other woman song, the Ole Ola um, video that came out a few weeks ago. And then, and then they- like 75 more. Of yeah. 75 other soccer-related official somehow, Pepsi's official FIFA World Cup video, and MasterCards, and everybody's. Everyone has an official. Their, their music videos are a big part of FIFA World Cup, which is fun. Um, and, uh, and, and this week we got one for the game by Kelly Rowland, directed by Spike Lee, who's been making music videos lately. Fun. I, um, I, I don't know if anybody, is anybody here a soccer fan at all? I would not count myself as one. I, I also would not. I would call it football. Are you a, are you a, are you a, a fan of uh, football? No, no. <laughs> so and Adam Alexander. Yeah, no. Okay, okay. cool. So we're we're all people no. who hate soccer here. Um, I, well, oh. I wouldn't say that's that's a strong word. I do. Okay. We're I not no soccer it, fans. I mildly enjoy the sport of soccer. So this I, this. Oh, go ahead, uh, Isaac. I was just gonna say I do I do think that that soccer slash football is the best sport in the world, and that's because of basically what this video is about. Like the kid gets a ball and then he's playing soccer or football or whatever you want to call it, and like no other sport is that accessible other than maybe running, which is no fun for anyone. So. Right, right. That's that's a good point. Is is accessibility, and that probably is why. I mean, it definitely is. The most popular sport in the world, and and the World Cup is insanely popular. It's not as popular here in the United States as it is elsewhere, but it, uh, lots of kids still play it, and and probably for that reason because it's so simple to get into it. Um, so Spike Lee has a kind of a red balloon and he uh, vibe going on here. Um, he he, uh, I read an article up with him our interview with him in Rolling Stone where he talks about this video and the two things he references are the red balloon and uh, some other uh, actually Brazilian film that I can't remember the name of, but it's, yeah, it's just a, a kid, you know, his mom gives him a ball and he kind of like goes through the streets of Rio um, de Janeiro kind of kicking this ball. Things happen to him. He finds out his mom's a prostitute. He is accosted by people with drums on the beach. Um, and then he, and then the, so this is, the, the, I find it really entertaining that he kind of like, weasels his way into one of the stadiums being built for the World Cup and then gets out onto the field because, like, last week or just a few days ago, there was an article about a journalist who had managed to sneak into the World Cup stadium, like, extremely easily, like, nobody hassled him at all, like, within 48 hours of the opening, you know, kickoff of, you know, one of the biggest sporting events uh, in the world. And that was kind of cited as, you know, that the fact that they're not ready, and here it is in a music video, you know, a kid gets in and, you know, is able to kind of kick the ball around in NP Stadium. Well, almost empty. There's inexplicably some weird goalie just standing there waiting <laughs> for him. Is that, a, is that a famous person? Does anyone know? Is that like a, an actual professional soccer player? I, I have no frame of reference. Uh, I do not either. I hope it is. If 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 there's only one soccer player in this and they just got some random guy. Some man. Out of like some man thousand, in this yeah. arena. Right. Okay. Let's assume he's famous and yeah. So, um I don't know. Of of the of the soccer of the FIFA World Cup music videos that have come out, um that I had I think I was least impressed by this one. Uh I guess not a terrible video. Uh the kid is fun. He's good in it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't love this one. And 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 I, another interesting note about those uh, the soccer music videos this week, the soccer version of La La La, 
uh, Brazil 2014 by Shakira um, was Vivo certified this week, uh, crossing 100 million views um, in less than a month. So people love their Shakira and their soccer music videos. Um, so it's exciting for Shakira. Congrats, Shakira. Uh, congrats. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and that's more than, uh, that's about triple the number of views for the official music video for La La La, directed by Anthony Mandler, which came out two weeks prior to that one, which is sitting at about 30 million. So more than triple. Um, so uh, say again, the people love soccer. soccer. That's the power of soccer. Power like, of the power of soccer. I didn't know Spike Lee liked soccer so much. Huge I'm fan a huge Spike. Spike Lee fan. So he's just like, I don't even know if Spike Lee knows what the World Cup is. He's just like, this looks popular. I'm gonna do something. So um, let's. Uh, so we should talk about maybe one or two, one or two more. At um, least, yeah. If we can bust through them, I I, I want to talk about the another music video that was uh, pretty popular this week, um, and that is uh, Pills and Potions by Nicki Minaj, directed by Diane Martell. I loved it, <laughs> like so much. If I could have the game just like mugging and not rapping in every music video <laughs> ever, I think I would vote yes on that. Yeah, it's like it's like the game. You, you're here. Oh, you're not wearing a shirt. That's fine. Stand over there, and it's like you want to try. Wear, wear this fur collar thing. Look, <laughs> yeah, look right. away from Nicki Minaj, and right. now look at us a little bit. Yeah, and here's right. a bunny. Right, all, and all of it fits. Oh, bite the ears. Yeah, all of that's all of it's good. I, yeah. I I also love this video. The the this could be my favorite Nicki Minaj video, and it's pretty different for her too. It's very understated. You know, there's no pink wigs and 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 heavy eye makeup, um, and it's a a very stripped down song. For Nicki Minaj as well, and it's one of my favorite Nicki Minaj songs too. Um, and yeah, I think I think it was the perfect tone. It's it's got a little bit of you know. I think I might just be thinking this because it was directed by Diane Martell, but I think it's got a little bit of the "We Can't Stop" vibe in there with the kind of surrealist elements and 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 inserts. Um, Adams, how how'd you guys feel? I was a I was a fan. I thought it was really good. Um, it was uh, lots of cool colors. Actually, I did notice one of the topics that we've been bringing up uh, on the podcast the last few weeks are videos that borrow elements uh, from other videos, and this one was sort of called out for being very similar to another newish video. Uh, it was the uh, the overdose video by Little Daylight. And it was actually the band that mentioned that some, they, basically the tweet was to the effect of someone has been watching our video for overdose. Mm -hmm. But then they state that then they kind of followed up with, uh, with something to the effect of uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And they weren't upset about it. They just kind of took it as a compliment. And the similarity is the, uh, the CG rendered colored blobs that kind of emerge around the, uh, around Nicki Minaj. And, uh, and they do look quite similar, though I, I wouldn't say that it's, it's a copycat uh, deal like some of the ones we've been talking about lately. And yeah. those, those VFX were done by Jeffrey Lillman, which uh, I've seen some places credited as a co-director. Uh, we, we don't have that data, but it could be. He could be. But at least VFX by him um, and, and potentially co-director. Um, uh one thing I found really interesting about this video is the, like, just, like, there's just, like, blatant scenes where Nicki Minaj is just, like, exposing her breasts. I mean, I, it it ties in some where she's got the tape, but there's one where she's got, like, her shirt in her mouth and and her and her boobs are out. And I, I don't know, it just it just stuck out to me as, like, something that, like, what what led to that moment? And, and like, was that... Was that in there? Was it something that just came out? I, I don't know. It, it seemed so like that. That just like one shot right there seemed a little uh, out of place to me, and I don't know why. It seemed like a little more gratuitous than than the rest of the video. So was, I have a feeling that was a Diane Martell idea. That she was like, "Hey, try this pose." Yeah, it, I mean, it feels like it. I I only know her through watching her music videos, but like. It does seem like it could be, you know, she's never been one to shy away from from stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it was just really, really strange. And it was tough not to use that um, as the still for the blog post that I wrote about it. Um, I mean, I've followed Nicki Minaj and I know she has, like a lot of female pop artists, they like to do the Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines thing where they have different personalities. 
um, you know, like uh, Beyonce, Beyonce with uh, Sasha Fierce crap from you know 2007, <laughs> which was fine. It gave us you know the single ladies video and all that, but it's sometimes confusing. And I know Nicki Minaj takes it to an extreme where she's got like a character called like Roman and a character called you know this and that. I think she got like three or four of them. And I was confused as to whether this is, like, a whole new direction or this was, like, one of her characters, like, the kind of stripped-down character. Because, oh, yeah, there was, like, Bar- Barbie is one of the characters, Roman is one of the characters, and I don't know if this is just a new direction or if this is just kind of another side of it. And, you know, is she leaving that behind or is this kind of a new new way forward? Yeah, I can't imagine her, like, leaving some some stuff behind just because, like, you know, we've seen... You know she's she's appeared in like uh, as featured featured uh, uh, as a featured artist on songs and there's been like Young Money songs to come out recently and you still get in some of those you know in like the Colin Tilly videos with Nicki Minaj in them you're, you're still getting you know that that like a different a different character you're still getting those those colorful wigs and that uh, you know different style but um, so maybe I mean this is the perfect it's the perfect fit for this song. Um, but um, you know, maybe it's a new character. Maybe we'll come up with it. We'll come up Speak, with the name. Speaking of perfect fit, like I, I think they knew that the Beats pill was going to be the the product placement <laughs> video. Before, like yeah. as they were in the studio making the song, like you know what you know what's going to fund this video, this product. Yeah, big time. Some of the Apple money now. Big that's, time. That's a new Beats pill. That's a. New, it's one I have. Is that the new model or something like that? Yeah. Definitely. Sure. They have a, I think there's a shot of a regular one in there too. But yeah, the special ones in there also. And um, I think I think Tyler the Creator was tweeting about this video this week in an in an aggressive and, and, and angry way. Not not aggressive and angry. He was just saying how much it, how making fun of the fact that artists have to put beats products in their music videos. Um, and I think he was probably talking about this video. Um, so let's, let's, I want to talk about, um, uh, You're Not Good Enough by Blood Orange, directed by Gia Coppola, who is, uh, she's a Coppola. She's part of that, uh, those. Oh, really? Is she like, uh, of the Coppolas? She's Ann Coppola, yes. Ooh, she, I did not uh, know that. I just, I sort of, I skimmed that over and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I didn't know she was, she was, I mean, you know. She's the one of them. Grand, granddaughter of Francis Ford. The, of the of the wine the wine uh, po- famous winemakers. Wine <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, granddaughter of Francis Ford Coppola, daughter of uh, Sophia G- Coppola. No. no, she's actually Sophia is her aunt. Right. Ooh, okay. Yes. Right. And apparently, it? she uh, she grew also- up on the sets of Sophia's films, so she's got uh, lots of cool behind the scenes experience there. And this was a really interesting video. It was uh, it, it um, seems like it feels like a live production. They, there are shots of Gia Coppola and um, and a bunch of like producers and stuff in what do you call that room that they're in a control room or something where they're like you should they, you can see them like it's obviously a multiple camera setup and they're switching from camera to camera looking at screens uh, that kind of thing and it's a, it's an interesting approach to this video and I, I really enjoyed this. Super cool video. Is that Normcore? Is that what he's wearing? <laughs> that could be Normcore. I, think I, I, I like this video a lot. I found that it, it, it kept uh, consistent with all the things we've come to expect from a Blood Orange video, like the, the cool Normcore attire and the awesome dance moves. And it kind of expanded on that with the whole live set feel. It's a really good video. liked it a lot. It's a great one. Best, also best song uh, one of my favorite songs of the year. So. Such a good song. Yeah. Um, it, and if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, Palo Alto is fantastic. I can, I can oh, right, it. which is a Gia Coppola movie, right? Yeah, and, and, and Jeff songs. Hines did the soundtrack. Um, not just provided a bunch of music to it, but he actually was the, the musical supervisor on it. So Nice. I, um, I'm, and I'm wondering, if this is one of the, the few music videos I've seen where it seems like it's shot, you know, there's two frame rates you can shoot at, the 24 frames per second, which give it that movie feel. And then like a home video camera would be in like a, in, in like a 29, I think it's 29.97. This one feels like it was shot very, very oddly, first in like the full frame rate, um, but also it's gone through some sort of very weird post uh, post process where they, it looks like they overexposed it and then like took the 
um, contrast down. It's a it's a really interesting look for for a video, especially one that's like so uh, you know is lit so evenly and is like all white light. Um, I thought it was uh, just like, the way it looked was very interesting. And if and I also want to know is if you dress normcore normcore just normally, are you normcore or are you is that like the anti normcore? <laughs> that's uh, you're. That's deep. That's deep, man. Mm. Are you suggesting that you've been dressing normcore forever? Oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm major normcore. I'm, normcore yeah, now. Yeah, I. Uh... A lot of like fanny packs. Um, I, my favorite part of this video though is the is the secret handshake that that Dev and Gia do at the end. It's a cool secret handshake, and and hopefully I'm gonna learn it, and that'll be the official IMVDB secret handshake. So, <laughs> guys, get get get. Get so you, familiar when with you it. when you meet Gia, then you could do the handshake. Yeah, right. I mean, we're already on a first name basis here, so you guys. Um... So there's one thing I'm not sure about with this video, and and I hadn't noticed it on the recorded version of the song, but um, there's a female vocalist on the track as well, uh, and she's featured in the video, and I don't know who she is. Anybody know who she might be? Isaac. The credits. Uh, give me two seconds. Yeah, she, there was. There's a there's a credits at the end uh, of the video. Samantha Urbani. Okay. Samantha Urbani. We need to we'll, we'll list her name because that's what we do. Yeah, totally. And and, and now that you, I've heard it in the context of the video, I've picked up on the that there's a male and a female vocal, but they go together so well that they kind of camouflage one another. Yeah, it's, it's funky. That's a funky song. Uh, uh, I want to make sure to talk about Mastodon High Road before before I don't know how much time we have, but Mastodon High, High Road by Robo Shobo, w- one of my faves of the week. I think we we should fit this in, it's been, especially because um, Adam Alexander, you're a LARPer, right? I I well, I forget. <laughs> you're, yeah, help you're, me you're like huge into live action role playing, right? Like you go out. <laughs> oh, Is that what LARPing means? Yeah. Yes, it does. Oh. I, I forgot what LARPing was. I, I don't LARP, but I did thoroughly enjoy this video. So good. Wait, I, I could LARP. You're not that far off. It wouldn't <laughs> be that surprising if I did. But did any of you guys play Dungeons & Dragons? I was never Dungeons & Dragons player. I, I but... did. A little. Yeah. I did. I, yeah. Close I get is Risk. <laughs> Isaac, no, Dungeons & Dragons? No Dungeons & Dragons, but I went pretty deep down, down the board game wormhole as a kid. Like, like what? Uh, board, like what? What kind of board games? This is for this is boring. Like Axis <laughs> and Allies is pretty good. Uh, we've, we've been playing this game Agricola recently. Uh, Zach Stoltz, who's on it last week, he's uh he's he's pretty into board games. He's been he's been getting me into them. Yeah, those are those sound awesome. Uh, that those sound way more fun than like the lame board games that we play. Like Monopoly. Oh, I am looking it up on BoardGameGeek.com. Monopoly is the worst. Like Monopoly (laughs) is fun for three minutes, and then you know who's going to win, and then it's just and is going to win, and everyone else hates them for it, and it's just it's the worst game. There's a lot of hatred in a lot of board games. I found. I've never played a board game and not hated the people by the end of it. So maybe I take board games way too seriously. Agricola looks awesome. This looks great. Sure. Yeah. Um, Wait, so, so going back to this Mastodon, <laughs> I guess the we, end is, is real dark. The yeah, end is so dark. dark. It is. Yeah. I, it is. I wrote a blog post about this video, and I do not mention the end in the video. It was so unexpected because you go, it because you're you're brought to like your peak of the video, and obviously up until that point, it kind of goes. It's still really fun to watch and see it happening. Although you know you. As while watching it, you can kind of put the pieces in your head of what's going to happen. But that was really an unexpe- unexpected yeah. thing for well, sure. It's kind of like, like a, it's an inspirational kind of a deal until, like you know, like you said, you know what's going to happen, but you don't know that's going to happen right at the very no. end. It's kind of a, a we can change. we can it's like talk about it, right? Like people have watched it. Yes, you yeah, so, say what happens. Sure. So ba- so basically, my take on it is like you think it's going to be the grandfather comes and saves the day with him. But then it's just the grandfather like saves him from getting beat up, and then you think it's like, oh, this is the grandfather's like saving grace or whatever. But no, he just is like having a heart attack. Like he's not, <laughs> he gets no glory from it. He just comes in like does this thing, 
And, like, honestly, like, they weren't going to kill the kid. And now the grandfather's dead. Like, right. it's real dark. <laughs> he did, none of that was necessary. The kid could just could have just ignored the burning dummy on in his grass, which is also a little dark. Uh, that these but kids like, worst case scenario at the end of it, right? It's like, ah, uh, some bruises and a bloody nose. Like, no, if, like, he, like, you know, poor geek, whatever. Well, the grandfather's dead now. Right. Like, <laughs> not coming it, back. It takes a turn for, it goes very metal at the end. Hats off to Robo. Yeah, it, very metal, which is appropriate, obviously. And, um, and then it just leaves it there, though. It just reveals that to you, and then it doesn't let you think about it at all. It's like, okay, it's done now. Yep. It's just, just devastating, yeah. I, but I, and yeah, Robo Shobo, if you're listening to this, which you aren't, why the hell did you do that? That was super <laughs> cruel. Super bummed me out today. And I, you know, and I've, yeah, there's some music videos that like the whole time they're bumming you out and you kind of know what you're getting into. But I was like fully strapped in for like a sweet, feel good music video. So. Right. Right. But let's talk. But, but, but just for sake of time, not because we're, we're not interested in the other videos, let's go real quick. Favorites of the week. And we'll start with the guy who's not interested in any of these videos, Adam Fairholm. What was your favorite, favorite video of the week? Oh man, I I had this. I I would have to say the Mastodon High Road video. I thought that was that was great. Well done. And it, and even though it's uh, even though it really super bummed me out at the end, it was just really well done. Even though I never even played Dungeons and Dragons as well. I think everybody can kind of relate to that character. And I didn't even I learned about LARPing. I thought LARPing was like uh, so kind of crumping. Yeah, no, no. It was like uh, <laughs> hanging out on like a street corner, you know, like uh, when you're not supposed to as a kid. Oh no, that's not that. It's a foam sword. And I did, yeah, and I didn't even know that was a thing that it would happen. Now I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, so maybe I can find a local Game of Thrones LARPing club Ooh, in my area. So get into it. Um, so yeah, no, that was I. I love that. And, and with Robo Shobo, how can you go wrong? So there you go. At Alexander. Uh, definitely, definitely. Right now, clipping. Uh, Clipping's new video for Body and Blood. This thing is like an intense, crazy. I don't know how long it is, but it felt like it was really long. So it's uh, <laughs> again high praise. Like, uh, oh yeah, no, it felt long in a good way because it's kind of not like a really comfortable viewing. It's like uh, a naked women and men, like fully naked, like full. This is a full frontal, not on YouTube music video. And uh, your favorite like, kind. They're like weightlifting and doing intense things, and I'm sure they're on probably taking drugs to be crazy in the gym, and uh, and yeah, and there's some crazy S and M stuff near the end, and uh, yeah, just a super intense video. That's the way, the best way to describe it. It's it's a very uh, severely violent music video, violently muscular. And nice. clipping clipping recently um, recorded a music video commentary for us with Carlos Lopez Estrada for their video for Work Work that came out a couple of weeks ago. So if you like clipping, and I know you do, uh, listen to that music video commentary, which is like 15 minutes long. They go on like 10 minutes past the end of the video. So awesome. It's super awesome. Uh, Isaac, favorite uh, video of the week? Oh, geez. Um, well, yeah. Uh, wait, when did the week start? The week started Monday. It we started Monday. But we, so, you can, okay, you can include Sunday or Saturday in there if you want. Sure, I don't. I don't. Oh, you God, also I don't remember when the last started. week. You can yeah, go back I, last week. I don't. I don't remember if it if it came out on the podcast last week or whatever. But but David Altabelli's video for for Washed Out is like my favorite video of the year so far. So nice. Um, that was last week. We also had John like on the podcast. Oh the sure, podcast. right, right. Okay, so then apart from that, uh, Nicki Minaj and, and the game. That video was awesome. I think yeah. I might be the only one who really loves it so much. Even. No, I love it too. No, That's I great. really like it too. But the 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 washout video is fantastic. Um, uh, definitely, if um, if anyone likes that video, listen back to the podcast last week and hear a little bit of John uh, John talking about it, um, talking about his his him in that video. Um, gosh, my favorite video of the week. Um, uh, don't act like don't act like you, we just sprung this on you here. No, you didn't. I just I can't decide. There's a few I want to choose from. I always like to try to pick um, from videos that uh, we hadn't talked about yet. Um, I guess I'm gonna go with uh, "Scare Away the Dark" by Passenger, directed by James Lees. That's that's probably my favorite music video of the week. Um, it's uh, uh, starts in an office, then um, Passenger comes in, rolled in on an office chair, jamming away, and then suddenly all the people in the office 
uh, discover nature, nature in, within the office and then outside. I did a horrible job describing that video. Just watch it instead. Scare, <laughs> Scare Away the Dark by Passenger, super good video. Um, here we go. We did it. Well, Isaac, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This, this, was, this was awesome. Thank you for being a repeat guest. I have no clue why you said yes the first time. But now that now that we're you know the most powerful music video corporation in the world, you almost have to say yes now. Yeah. Uh, um, so thank you for for. Um, um, okay. And if, and if you like us, if you like us, we have social media accounts that you could follow: Facebooks and Twitters, and pretty much anything on the internet slash imvdb, and you'll find us. So J date all that stuff. Find us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, thanks, thanks everyone. <laughs> thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll see. We'll see you on J Day. <laughs>